0: from a very young age I think a lot of people and particularly women are conditioned to see their self-worth and attractiveness as the same thing like they they are basically valuable if someone else rates them I think a lot of women genuinely feel like they're only really alive they're only really in existence in those moments that they are envied or desired all other moments are really part of a quest to get to that place
1: We're on air with Ella where we talk motivation, mindset, Hey, you're on air with Ella, and today I am joined by Tilly Harris. Now, if you've listened to the show before, you've heard Tilly. She's a writer, she's a psychosocial researcher, good friend of mine, but today she is here as a subject matter expert. I really wanted to have this conversation with Tilly. Now, Tilly writes these really, really great interviews with women that are laced with truth bombs about the emotions and beliefs under the surface that drive people's behaviors and choices, and if you haven't read them, you can go check them out at our website, TillyHarris.com. I will, of course, hook you up with those links, you know, you don't need to worry about that. All right. Hey, Tilly. Hi, Ella. We were talking about this, and as usual, I wish we had recorded our conversation, but we were talking about how fat loss is a step in a personal development journey for so many. And what I mean is, I know a lot of women move from the fat loss space into more of a mind, body, spirit, wellness space, like true wellness. You know, we look at how to hack our body, and then we learn so much more from delving into that space, and it becomes a much more robust journey. And I thought it would be fun to unpack that with you a little bit because you like this is what you do as a writer and a psychosocial researcher in in your conversations with women
0: I think I think it's a really great observation, Ella, because I mean, if you think about it, just if you walk into a bookshop, you'll find that, you know, right next to the stuff around nutrition and well-being physically, you've got a bunch of stuff that's been written by psychotherapists and counselors and and people that talk about mindset and well-being. So, so I think, yeah, you've hit a really interesting point. How have we come up with a culture that sits fat loss next to emotional development?
1: Well, and I mean, let's be real. That's how I got here. I mean, you can, <laughs> we have over 200 episodes, and the first 100, if not 150, are fat loss and wellness and the pursuit of wellness. But what I'm really meaning, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, is weight loss.
0: Yes, I think you're right. And I think loads of women experience that because I think women hit maybe, I don't know, their 40s or their 50s, maybe younger, but they have a sense that they're not living their best life. And then because, because women are brilliant, you know, because they're determined and resilient, they think, okay, what should I do about it? The, the go-to place is to change how they look rather than how they feel. And, and I think that's probably a broader issue, which is that, well, as women, we're raised, I think, to experience ourselves from the outside in instead of the inside out. We tend to come at ourselves by how we're coming across rather than how we feel at our core. Whether we feel good about ourselves quite often depends on how others are experiencing us rather than the other way around. Do you see my point?
1: I'm trying not to say, I love that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, but then from that point, it's perfectly sensible for a woman to think, oh, I'm not feeling whole, I'm not feeling great. I must need to change the way other people experience me rather than I must need to look at what I need.
1: Yeah. From the outside in. Amen. If that's not exactly how I got here.
0: Yes. I mean, I certainly discovered a lot of podcasts initially because I, I'd got a problem with my hormones and I was carrying a few more pounds than I wanted to. That was my entry boot into podcasting actually. And, 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 and actually that was so how come you and I ended up in the same meeting and became friends.
1: Yeah. And there's no judgment here. I mean, I tend to sound critical of younger me. There's no judgment here. I'm actually just sort of more interested in breaking this down because you add so many layers to this conversation that would not have occurred to me. So so let's, let's break it down. Let me start by asking you this. Why do you think, and you've touched on this, but why do you think an interest in fat loss and changing our appearance is the entry point into personal development for so many women?
0: Well, I mean, obviously, you know, society, well, a good chunk of society defines that there is a good body type and that that good body type is quite small and that people with that body type are happier and more successful and more powerful. And that is a whole toxic mess in itself. But I suppose the point I'm making is slightly different to that, which is that from a very young age, I think a lot of people, and particularly women, are conditioned to see their self-worth and attractiveness as the same thing. Like they, they are basically valuable if someone else rates them. And so, you know, in the, in the most extreme cases, I think a lot of women genuinely feel like they're only really alive, they're only really in existence in those moments that they are envied or desired. All other moments are really part of a quest to get to that place. You said
1: self-worth and attractiveness are not the same thing. What you said is many of us conflate self-worth and attractiveness as being the same thing.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. So women feel bad about themselves and they think I must need to be more attractive. When you break it down, it's very straightforward. But actually, most of us rattle around our whole lives not unpicking that one, I think.
1: Well, then what what do you think moves women from that fat loss journey, so to speak, to self-development?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that's brilliant. You see. And I think the issue there is that, you know, people do the things that they do. They do the keto. They do the calorie counting. They do. They do. You know, some of them are quite crazy. Some are quite reasonable. But ultimately, women perhaps get a bit smaller, perhaps don't or most get on that cycle of getting a bit bigger and a bit smaller and a bit bigger and a bit smaller again. But the end result of all of those is that the hole that they wanted to fill that that sort of that feeling of not being enough or not being happy enough isn't filled by any of that behavior. So then you think, okay, what next?
1: I think that's so relatable. I think people will relate to that idea that you see changes in your life or you get frustrated by the lack thereof, but either way, the shift you were ultimately looking for doesn't happen. Like in other words, yeah, you go up a size, yeah, you go down a size, or maybe like many of us, you (laughs) bounce somewhere in between those two states of being endlessly. And still it's not, working so to speak you're not getting the outcome that you're hoping for which is some sense of fulfillment or happiness or peace or something
0: exactly Ella. because the reason a woman feels unfulfilled turns out not to be about the size of her jeans right it's because she's living her life from the outside in and and that outside thinking shows up everywhere right so so because it because it's 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 a total state and you will find that if you are someone that obsessively feels like your life's not going to begin until you drop a dress size you are probably thinking about how other people perceive you and giving that precedence over how you experience yourself at at work, in your relationships, in your parenting because your starting place is always how am I being judged by others? not, Not how do I feel and what do I need?
1: You have said, you have used a phrase with me before just when we've had these conversations and you've said, you know, <laughs> we make ourselves endlessly available to judgment. And I think that's such a powerful concept. Like, are we making ourselves endlessly available to judgment?
0: Yes, absolutely. I think women are trained to constantly offer themselves up to be cast aside. And whether that's romantically or professionally or the million other ways that we, we allow those tiny assaults on our self-esteem. If you are spending all of your energy trying to mind read, trying to work out what other people are experiencing of you, you forget to value who you are and what matters to you. So that lens of how others experience you, well, it leads to a lot of unhappiness making because that's the stuff that leads to perfectionism because you think, okay, I don't know what I'm getting wrong, so I'll just have to get every damn thing right. Or the people pleasing, you know, the sort of, you know, I love you, I love you, I love you, don't hate me. And, or, or the codependency, which is just, you know, I don't feel except for what you feel. I just, all I need to do is know how you feel and make that work. And they are painful ways of living that deny a core sense of self
1: there's something you said that didn't, didn't resonate with me perfectly. And so I want to, I want to expand the definition and see if this resonates with even more people like, I honestly don't feel like I've positioned myself to be cast aside, but I do feel like I, and many, many women have positioned ourselves to seek validation from all sorts of sources in every arena that I operate in. That journey of trying to work from the outside in instead of vice versa, set me up to seek validation from left, right and center.
0: I think you're right. And I think part of the reason you would call that out, Ella, is because you, you've you come quite a long way as a person of having quite a sort of resilient sense of self-esteem and self-value. But I would also say that those of us that have that outside thinking and and don't identify with a statement like constantly offering yourself up to be cast aside, generally that's because we've saved our bacon in another way. We've we've built really, really strong defenses against it. So we have become people that will insult ourselves before someone else does, or we've become people that are careful what angle we're seen at, or we've become people who precurse every statement with something that makes sure that no one else sees us as, you know having too much value for ourselves we will have come up with ways to survive in that environment and and that's great defenses are there for a reason they're to stop things being so difficult but they also hamper growth you know because you you, you're crouched for a blow the whole time and actually a more fulfilling way to live and it's a way that i think a lot of women gravitate towards as they start to feel like this fat loss journey isn't making them happier is a world that allows more vulnerability and less defenses and ultimately allows you to move the locus of attention from what do they think of me to what do I think of me and am I okay with that?
1: Tilly, does this mean, in your opinion, that there's no room for conversations about perfecting our physical selves? The word perfecting is obviously a joke, but you know what I mean. Like, Does this mean there's no room for an evolved woman to have concerns about her physical manifestation?
0: Gosh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you could ask every woman in the world and have a different answer to that. I mean, I I certainly still care about my appearance. These things are ambivalent and contradictory. And I think lots of women cop out by saying, you know, that they haven't got an issue around fat loss, but they want to be healthy. Or, you know, there's all kinds of different ways of, of couching it. What I would say is that in my twenties, I probably thought about whether I was overweight or not every day and possibly every hour at some points. Mm -hmm. And that's no life. And I'm really glad to have moved beyond it.
1: Okay. So I'm just going to keep it real for the people who still care. And they're like, well, wait, can I not care about both? Or maybe they tuned in because I thought they were going to get some tips on fat loss. (laughs) (laughs) Super disappointed. (laughs) Are we shallow?
0: Oh, well, here's a funny thing. It turns out that when you stop focusing on this stuff and move the, the the beam onto the stuff that's maybe at the personal development end of the bookshelf, somehow, weirdly, kind of you lose weight too. Like, I, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but it's certainly what happened for me is that when when it wasn't all I thought about, somehow I lost that handful of pounds that I didn't want to be carrying. And it just, it more importantly, it stopped haunting me. So, so no, I am not implying that anybody that feels that they want to lose weight hadn't ought to feel that or that they're shallow that absolutely not and it's not and also I'm not saying I've been you and I've evolved past that god save us from those people (laughs) what what (laughs) but what I am saying is if you spend some time thinking about how you are and who you are on the inside some of that stuff will just start to deal with itself
1: Okay, let's say the thing we're not supposed to say. I mean, you've already said it. So no, you are not supposed to say that once you got happy, the weight fell off. Like we absolutely get demerits for acknowledging that reality in the body positivity world. They will skin your hide for saying that because you're still tying it to the outcome of weight loss. So therefore you're moralizing that as better. And here's what I say to that. (laughs) When you treat weight as a metaphor, I set down so much weight mentally and spiritually and just what I was doing to myself when I sat down, turned the volume on my inner critic way, way down, when I dealt with my binge eating disorder and what was actually causing it, like the root, root issues. I dumped so much metaphorical weight. I felt like I had lost 50 pounds off of my back, if you will. And a funny thing happened when I did that. My stomach, which was always six months pregnant, went down to like a reasonable three, (laughs) I'm sorry. It's never going back to zero. (laughs) It's fine. I'm embracing it. I love it. Body positivity. But when you set down the mental weights that are created by the inner critic, by seeking validation from outside yourself, from all of the weight that we're talking about, it lets wellness ensue. So instead of pursuing fat loss, I pursued me. And one of the net effects of that was I'm back in a body I'm extremely comfortable in. And you you know what, Tilly, we get penalized for telling that truth.
0: I think the body positivity movement's great. I'm also not up for a totalizing narrative, Ella. Like one of the things that happened to me when I stopped looking for other people's validation and looked for my own is it turned out that I do not really give a damn whether other people like where I'm coming from. And I'm coming from a place where, I suppose what I said is what I mean, which is that obsessing about your weight doesn't make you lose weight. I mean, I just know that from my own lived experience.
1: Yeah, doesn't work. Here to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) wait it took me 23 years to prove that statement true so learn like just take it take it from us take a shortcut doesn't work shame also not a strategy
0: no and you get where you get when you get there but i suppose what's really interesting is that people because people come into this space with a sense of dissatisfaction on some level. And if you just trust that instinct, it will guide you to the information that you need to know. You will find yourself clicking on more and more positive influences on Instagram, or you will find yourself digging deeper and deeper on articles that perhaps are about meditation or being in nature, or I don't know, whatever the thing is that's going to work for you. There's a, there's a billion different things that work for people. You know, you might want to do a shed ton of therapy. I mean, that's certainly my stuff. But but whatever the thing is that's stopping you leaving Leaning into your own life will present itself to you so it's just about being open to that
1: okay I know we just went down a little bit of a rabbit hole and that's not even what this conversation is about it's really about like so many of us think that what we are trying to do is change our bodies and start as you said from the outside in and the truth is it's not good nor bad that's not even our point that's not even today's conversation it's more like what is the usefulness of that journey and where do we go next
0: I mean, for me, there's this kind of really hilarious trajectory that that starts on one side, uh, which with sort of really bonkers calorie counting and self self starving, and then it goes through sort of various phases of exercise and maybe into therapy and and spending more time in nature. And I think probably winds up somewhere very still, like meditation or breathing or, or the things that still frankly scare the hell out of me. Um, <laughs> but I suppose what I would say is that if chasing a body type isn't satisfying you. Like if you're not getting the satisfaction you need for the amount of energy you're putting into it, maybe it's, it's about reframing the problem. Maybe turning your attention slightly away from fat loss and towards where else is this metaphor showing up in my life? Where else am I feeling that I'm not whole? I'm not acceptable. I'm not getting what I need and just spending some time with that. And the answers start to present themselves
1: you mentioned that trajectory and it's so relatable and I feel like so many of us can relate to the fact that we're like oh I want to be so small I want to be so skinny and then we're like wait strong is the new skinny so then you know phase two is like (laughs) I'm into exercise and strength and then it's like oh wait it's my mind phase three is like my my
0: thoughts aren't in control (laughs)
1: like (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Then you lose a decade or two to unpacking your childhood and then hopefully by the time we've all gone gray we we can wind up with meditation and breathing and all the stuff that's like super zen
1: that's phase four phase four is meditation and then levitation so i'm working i'm working on phase four i'll get there <laughs> um <laughs> Tilly, thank you for having this conversation with me. I just appreciate peeling back the layers of things and seeing what things really mean. And I hope that people find this relatable or at least find useful questions to ask of themselves in this conversation. Absolutely. Okay, Tilly, are you still interviewing people? Tell us what you're doing.
0: Oh yeah, I'm writing this this book about amazing women who used to live one way and now live another. So I'm interviewing women that have um, done all kinds of things from, you know, walked out on toxic jobs through to left terrible marriages, through all kinds of things. And actually I'm really specifically looking for a couple of stories at the moment. I really wanna talk to someone that didn't used to be able to do money. You know, the kind of person that um, maybe struggled to open bills and spent when they didn't have and that kind of stuff. Someone that got like a real handle on that and turned that around and is now making bank. Like, I'd love to speak to that woman and another one i'd be really interested in actually is if anybody was raised in a particularly strong faith and then found their own journey to a different kind of way of living i'd I'd be really interested to talk about that as well so if any of your listeners have got stories for me or are interested in the stories I'm collecting and, and and the sort of deeper stuff that's under the surface of those stories, have a look at what I'm doing on Instagram. I'm Tillyharris.official over there. And from there, you can find your way around my website and Twitter and all kinds of things and find out what I'm finding from the women with the courage to change.
1: Okay, and you know I'll link to all that and make it easy. Tilly, thank you for having this conversation with me. Great to talk to you again, Ella. Take care. Bye. Okay, bye for now. Tell me what you think about this episode. Find me on instagram at on air with ella we'd love to hear from you we'd love to hear your thoughts about today's show and tell me what you want more of all right see ya